0: It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast. Here's your host, William Galloway. Welcome into the Mean Streets Podcast. I'm your host, William Galloway, joined over a conference call with Britton Johnson. And Britton, there has been some breaking news in your world. And you are headed back to my side of town, headed back um, just a little bit away from the main streets from Mountain Brook Parkway onto Lakeshore Drive up to Sanford University uh, after four years at Alabama. Welcome into this podcast. Uh, we got a lot to break down today in terms of your commitment and things like that. So how's it been going?
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a really exciting week, obviously. Um, I think this has probably been about the worst kept secret in the history of secrets, uh, But it's been a fun process, and I'm kind of glad to have it behind me and just, you know, get right to it now and, and hopefully get down there pretty soon and start getting to work.
0: Well, I'm fired up for you as somebody who has uh, seen a lot of Sanford basketball under Bucky McMillan in the last two years, uh, for you two to reunite, that's that's a very exciting thing. And you know, on today's episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of what it's like to be in the transfer portal, what it was like closing out at Alabama uh, with the last month has been like for you going from dead period to uh, now committing to Sanford and talking all about that, and then also what you expect to... to uh, encounter at Sanford in this roster and this program and as Coach McMillan goes into year three um, you know you obviously you've had a lot of experience you and I both know him very well uh, playing for him and then being around him the program at Mountain Brook so let's go ahead and dive right in. Britton tell me about uh, leaving Alabama conversation with Coach Holtz and really the decision to want to play one more year of college basketball.
1: Yeah I mean it kind of It started fairly soon. The process did after the season ended. Uh, Obviously, the season didn't end the way we wanted it to. Um, it's how it rolls for the vast majority of teams that enter that tournament, right? Uh, But, you know, there's only going to be one team that that leaves it on a win streak. So, um, you know, unfortunate how it ended, obviously, uh, especially the injury of JQ that just kind of compounded how everybody was feeling. But, uh, you know, within like a week or so, just kind of by praying and thinking through it, I kind of realized, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm done playing. And, you know, I, I knew I had this COVID year option. Um, and I also had this feeling of like, you know, I couldn't have had a better experience at Alabama, but I think it's kind of run its course. I mean, the joke I kind of made is you can't have three senior days at one school. Right. So uh, I think two is the ceiling for number of senior days. So kind of as I was praying through it and thinking through it, I, kind of realized I wanted to play again and uh, so yeah it kind of led to me having a conversation with Coach Oates about you know what it looked like for me to enter the transfer portal and potentially exploring that fifth year. Um, To be honest I probably had in mind where I wanted to go even then but um, just kind of working through that and and, you know Coach Oates was he was great it was honestly a a fairly short conversation Um, but just from the standpoint of he was so supportive and uh so encouraging and like you know his whole thing was if I were in your position I would do the exact same thing it makes too much sense um you know you're playing great basketball you're probably not gonna get playing time here um and yeah like it totally makes sense to go somewhere you can maybe you know compete for playing time and uh so you know the whole thing I was hoping for and that I got in that conversation as well was the assurance of you're not losing anything here. I mean, anyone who knows me knows how much I love Alabama, how much I take pride in being a part of this program and and uh, where the successes and failures of the program, really. Uh, and so just getting to have that assurance of, like, you're not losing anything here. This is still your family. Uh, Alabama will always be my home. Um, but, yeah, so the conversation went great. Um, and then, yeah, entered the transfer portal, which – fun fun. It's kind of fun to see a uh, little interest from all over the place. And uh, all right. So as an outsider, it's to...
0: it seems like it's almost outer worldly in terms of being in the portals. so tell us about that experience, um, did Tennessee Tech or, or any you know any former Bama coaches any anybody reach out that you wouldn't expect? Uh, what was that experience like?
1: So I'm going to be honest. Pretty early on in the process, uh, I talked with Bucky and i was like this is where i want to go and so really before before other coaches were even really able to reach out like i had a couple of emails like hey i can put you on this database where like all these coaches are and uh get you connected and i was just kind of like i'm good uh i kind of know where i want to go so it was a pretty easy process and i didn't have a ton of people reaching out to me or anything um really i could have committed as early as last Wednesday. Um, but I decided to kind of wait and just let a few things kind of order themselves a little bit, uh, and just pray through the decision a little bit more because, um, you know, there, there are a few financial ramifications on top of just the decision of changing schools that, you know, I'm losing a little bit of scholarship here uh, for the next two years. So, um, just really having to make that decision uh it wasn't just the easiest one but it was one that I'm so glad in hindsight that I've made and I'm so excited to kind of take these next steps with this program and and yeah so I mean I really could have committed almost last Wednesday again like I said probably like the worst kept secret ever uh but I just kind of waited uh and I, I thought it all worked out really well
0: Well, it's one of those things, too, that you, you know, you almost didn't even have to say a word. Like, if you pass Bucky on the street, you give him a thumbs up, he'd probably give you a thumbs up, you give him a nod, and you both kind of get the deal, right? I mean, you're going to walk into that program. Um, picking up on, on practice routines and uh, terminology and plays, you know, the playbook uh, I'm sure he's altered it a little bit with the shot clock and, and adjusting to two years experience of college basketball now, but really what, what he's done at Sanford is no different than what he's done at Mountain Brook. And obviously you were instrumental in um, winning two state championships in a row uh, having, I think it's a 65 and nine record in your two yep. years Um, as a starter and all-state player, and the accolades kind of go up and up and up. And so talk to me about a little bit, you talked about that conversation with Coach Oates. Um, For those of you that don't know, listening to the Main Streets podcast, Bucky and Nate have had a relationship ever since uh, Nate came to Alabama by way of Buffalo. Uh, Obviously, both being on the high school to college coaching trend, uh, Nate probably serves as a little bit of a mentor to Bucky in that. I can't speak to that but obviously the the two um have a relationship um uh, from from coaching college basketball in this state and being around one another um but is that something is Sanford kind of a destination that Coach Oates saw you obviously you said that was a place that was Sanford was really you know the one and only place you were looking at um initially but tell take us a little bit more into that conversation with Oates and was he You know, did he see you going to Sanford? What were his kind of words of encouragement uh, for you as you not necessarily walked out the door, but opened up the next chapter of your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that was kind of the funny part of the conversation where, like, you know, we're having a great conversation. He goes, so you going to Sanford? And, uh, you know, he's like, it makes a lot of sense. And I was like, you know, like, still kind of figuring it all out. But I'd be that'd be probably the place I'm going to end up. And, uh, you know, I, I had an idea, but I wasn't just firmly uh, decided at that point in time. So, um, but yeah, kind of like you were saying, I, I've been so blessed, like, to have had the coaching that I've had over the years. I mean, uh, not many people have their high school coach uh, become a D1 head coach straight up from being a high school coach. So, like that that kind of vertical leap doesn't happen very often. It speaks to uh, Coach Bucky's, you know, coaching ability and, uh, you know, Oates had a couple years as an assistant, but it was a similar trajectory. And um I think it speaks to his coaching ability, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I've just been so fortunate to have had the the coaches and and not even just from like a, an X's and O's or a coaching standpoint, but just like the people that they are, um, the relational equity I built up with them. Uh I mean they're you know, Oates has kind of arrived a little bit. I think he's still got a uh more to what he is going to do with that Alabama program. Back-to-back
0: NCAA tournaments, as a two and a six seed, he's absolutely arrived, and he's not going anywhere. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and and I I do think, you know, it's a shame because I thought, I I fully expect him to make that final four run, to do things that have never been done before at Alabama. I wanted to be a part of one of those teams. Unfortunately, that's not how it rolls sometimes. Uh, But that said, you know, to have had him as a coach and then, Bucky, who I think, I mean, Sanford's lucky to have him. And I think, you know, I'm never gonna I've never, I have not talked to him at all about this, but uh, he's a rising star in the industry. I'll just say it like that. And um, you know, I'm so fortunate to have had both as coaches. I'm, it's kind of just so full circle, it it makes too much sense. And uh, but yeah, I fully believe in and what Coach Bucky's doing at, at Sanford. It's it's been amazing and and something that I think is he is so underrated at. Uh, which really might be one of his best qualities as a coach, and it's something he did at Mountain Brook, and it's something he's doing at Sanford now, It's not just oh man, he he puts together really good teams that win a lot of games. It's, he invigorates the entire community. He invites the entire community in to be a part of this. And I mean, you saw it at Mountain Brook with the, the Spartan swag, the neon that would pack out the BJCC, and I mean, you'd have these second graders all the way up going to Bucky Ball camps and everything, and just feeling like they were part of the program. And he's doing the same thing at Sanford, which is so exciting to see And that uh, if you went, and I didn't, but I saw a lot of pictures, if you went to any of those last few home games and just saw the support that they were getting from the student body, uh, from the entire university, from the community of Birmingham, uh, man, it's exciting because you can see the direction that it's going. And uh, this is a team, this is a program that is returning the vast majority of its minutes and bringing in a couple of other really great players and so uh, I'm so excited to be a part of it and uh, have the opportunity to go to war with these guys every day and practice and then uh, you know we don't talk about we don't talk about results so I, I'm not going to sit here and say you know we're going to win the SoCon championship or we're going to do this or that but the potential's there for that you know I think if we play to our fullest potential we are a championship level basketball team like I saw you know I studied One thing I did kind of in the process of figuring out this is something I wanted to do was I watched a few games just on YouTube. Like I pulled up the Sanford-Furman game, the home game that they played this year, and just took notes on the entire game. And, like, what I saw was, man, these guys are playing pretty good ball, but there's another level that they can get to. And that's so exciting because they're returning so many guys. So, you know, the ceiling is so much higher for this group. Um, And I hope to be a part of kind of helping this program reach the potential that it can and so uh, we'll see I'd love to be dancing in March again that's for sure
0: yeah and one thing about you is you're an experienced player you've got four years uh, of SEC experience you have been a starter you've played in uh, been on a team that's been to two March Madness tournaments uh, two out of three at that and you were on the verge uh, freshman year and so you know I think one thing that's so pivotal is your experience because sanford is is a young program. I think I, I was at a a luncheon um and Bucky was presenting and I think there were 12 to 14 freshmen and sophomores last year, and so you've got two years of life experience on those guys. You've got two years of college basketball experience and NCAA tournament experience, which is invaluable if you're going to try and make a run at the SoCon uh, and try and get that that clinch um, spot from trying to win the SoCon. Obviously, not not being result oriented, and you know we'll talk about these players. We'll talk about Alabama players who transferred in the portal a little bit later on the podcast because I do want to talk about that. Some of your friends uh, and guys are, are headed uh, different places around the country. But at, you look at the Sanford roster, Quez Glover has entered his name um, into the draft to get feedback, and maybe he'll be back, maybe he won't. But that's a talented guy that also had SEC experience. Um you know, Sanford had been riddled with some injuries, uh, but guys have still come back. Jermaine Marshall is one of the leaders and a team captain. Logan Dye is somebody that plays extremely hard, a Jack Klein-type player uh, from Haleyville, Alabama. You had a guy last year in Cooper Cafis who could shoot the lights out and played, you know, for a Final Four program in Loyola, Chicago. So you got a lot of dudes. They're bringing in a lot of dudes. Um, But m- I think most importantly, you step in there as an experienced player, knowing the terminology. Um, I think one quick side story here, I think our listeners might find entertaining, is I was at Bucky's very first practice at Sanford, and he was going through terminology and introducing, hey, this is, you know, Kansas. This is our warm up shooting drill. And just across town over in Mountain Brook, there were kids who've been coming to his buckyball camps from second through sixth grade there were elementary school kids that knew more about Bucky's program than his own scholarship college players at Sanford. Obviously it took about a week and they figured it out, but you know what he does, he starts with uh, six, seven and eight year olds. And you talk about invigorating the program in the community. I think the, the game versus Furman where Sanford picked up its 20th win of the year had the most, the second most, um, the highest crowd attendance in, in Sanford basketball, men's basketball history. And that was, I, I
1: think the number one, they're playing a, a guy who you might've heard of before. Um, is, is it Stephen Curry? Is, what, how do you pronounce it? Chury Curry, something like that. Yeah. Something like yeah that. Some, some but, former uh,
0: Davidson player.
1: Yeah. Some former um, Davidson player.
0: I heard he's doing so, pretty well
1: these days, but who knows? Yeah.
0: But I mean, Britain's just looking at this roster, you got some dudes and he's bringing in some dudes and, um another quick bucky story is i was i did a tv interview with him at his house uh, during quarantine and i knocked on his door and he's like yeah willie g go go set up in the basement i'll be there in a second i'm on the phone right now i'm like who are you talking to he's like i gotta i gotta talk to this guy he's uh he's he's about to go to bed i look at bucky i'm like bucky it's three o'clock in the afternoon like what do you mean he's about to go to bed he goes oh he lives over in europe i'm like dude you've had this job for 24 hours you know how are you doing this um and just you know stuff like that is impressive he's he's going to get who he needs and get the right guys to buy in and if you're not going to buy in you're not going to play you know that as well as anybody we've got plenty of uh, mountain brook stories of um players buying in and not buying in and the experience that they have you know it's your level your level of commitment um will will give way to how much playing time you have uh, but anyways, talk about this Sanford roster, who you're excited to play with, and what you've kind of seen when you watch some of that film.
1: Yeah, I mean, so uh, first of all, there's a lot of depth in what's returning because, like I said, they're returning the vast majority of their minutes. So it's really exciting. You mentioned a few of the names. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting Quez back. You know, he's, he's phenomenal. Just He's a star. Uh, and, and to pair him with uh, Bubba Farum, who's coming in now from Georgia Tech, who's going to be awesome, formerly played it, BMI and was fantastic there as well. Um, so that's going to be a really strong backcourt. Uh, probably, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but I'd, I'd have to guess it has to be the best one in, in the SoCon. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Jermaine. Jermaine is a guy I played AAU with uh, all the way through high school. That's, I mean, that's my guy. So I, one thing I'll say about him, if there's one word to describe him, is just that he's a dog. And, like, I mean that in the best way possible. He, is a great athlete, but he just gives you everything he has every game. He's going to leave it all on the floor. Dude plays his tail off. If you watch any Sanford basketball, you can attest to this. But, I mean, I could say he was the exact same way when he's a 15-, 16-year-old we were playing together in AAU. Um, Logan's another guy that's – you know, you kind of mentioned him. I, you might have – and I love Jack Cotton. You might have undersold him a little bit. Dude's a bucket. Dude is – I mean, he had – The game I watched, he had Slauson on him, who is a fantastic defender. Uh, Literally won Defensive Player of the Year in the SOCON last year um, and was, you know, a star for Furman. And, I mean, they just fed Logan about four straight possessions, and he just gave him bucket after bucket after bucket in the post. Dude is so good. Um, And, you know, I can go into a hundred different players. Obviously, you know, Paulie and Grayson are two guys I know well uh, that are walk-ons that I played. Uh, high school ball with and uh, you know, just studs, stud people, uh, and, and sub players. Obviously, probably was my point guard, so I, you know, I really know him. He's almost like a little brother to me, so it's gonna be fun to kind of uh reunite with him. And then, I mean, I could keep going through the roster, but I, I think there's so much potential for um, an unbelievable season in a season that has never been seen before in Sanford history. And, you know, again, I'm not going to speak into results uh, because at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. And sometimes, you know, there are things you can't control that would make the results go the other way. But in terms of the potential of this team, there is a real potential. And it's not just like a fantasy. I'm not just saying this is something that's far out. There is a real potential to do things that have never been done before in school history, which is so exciting to, to be walking into a, situation like that and and like you said you know something I've been blessed with just by playing four years of SEC basketball and and being on an SEC championship team is that experience and and obviously uh, before that playing for coach Bucky in high school and and being on some really good teams there is the experience that I've gained through that of recognizing and realizing what it takes uh, to be a champion and you know champions don't always win the championship but uh, what it takes to be a champion, in your everyday routine, and the way you approach practice, and uh, the way you approach life, and so um, really excited to to help hold and set the standard uh, that we want to set there, and and hopefully get this team and this program, uh, whatever role that it, that means for me, to to the level that it can be at, because uh, that's I mean, I'd love to sit here and say, man, I, I want to you know score this many points or do this or that and you know I think I will have the opportunity to, to compete for playing time and I hope that I will prove to be good enough to earn that playing time but I just want to win that's literally all I've ever wanted to do at any step at any stage and uh, and so I just hope that I can be a factor in, in helping push this program to that next level
0: Yeah, Britton. Let's unpack some of those uh, tangibles. Obviously, left-handed shooter, um, you know how to take a charge. We learned that in high school. Uh, That's some some principle. You know, you it's it's invaluable. I'm sure at some point Coach Oates yelled at you and told you to stop taking charges in practice. Um, But tangibly, what do you bring to this team? as you said, you're going to compete for playing time, not really guaranteed anything. Uh, but, but what do you bring to the program with that level of experience um, that maybe that locker room is missing right now?
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to speak on what the locker room might be missing or whatever. I, 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 you know, and this is where I guess I have to brag on myself for a minute or two. Yes, uh, it is. That was,
0: that was the purpose I, of the question. You're too humble, but I'm, I'm pushing you off the edge so you have to brag about yourself.
1: You know, I, I do believe I, I provide shooting. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't shoot it great last year, uh, this past season, but I know what I am as a shooter. I'm as confident as I've ever been. Um, I've kind of joked about this, but in high school, I was obviously really confident. You don't shoot it seven times a game unless you have a, a ridiculous amount of confidence, I guess. But um, but the thing I've kind of gained really in this last year is what I call the mindset of a true shooter. Um which has helped propel me a lot. Um, it's just this mindset of like, you missed a shot. It's almost, and I, I call it like a, an F it mentality. Uh, F being short for Frick, of course. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where you miss a shot and it's just, okay, on to the next one. Like
0: F is for fly, let
1: it fly. <laughs> let it fly, 100%. And so uh, it almost makes you a psychopath on the court in a way. But I think it's something that I've kind of been able to really is sustain is some mental toughness in that respect. And um, I think I'm going to carry that into this next year as well. Uh, On top of that, you know, if I were – when I was coming into college, especially when I was coming into playing varsity, uh, I was not a very good defender, like, at all. Like, that was that was probably my clearing weakness as a player. Um, I can say it's true just because we're friends. Right, 100%. I would now say I'm a better defender than I am offensive player. I thought, you know, this past year at Alabama, the past couple of years, I, I was one of the best off-ball defenders that we had. Uh, obviously, like you said, I like – I hunt charges. I, I love to take charges, you know. Uh, it's definitely the widest part of my game. Uh, but I love doing it. I don't know why. Like, I just – I love making that play, and, and I think it's just such a winning play. Um, and I just think that I've improved so much also as an on-ball defender. Uh, just because I've I've had to guard John Petty and Herb Jones every day in practice for the past four years, right? Like, I'm not saying I succeeded every time, but it pushes you to get better just playing. It's that level of competition. And uh, by the end, I think I was able to hold my own. Uh, since high school, I've put on 20 pounds, 25 pounds, and uh, that also helps me hold my own a little bit more because I was getting yeah, run over. I, I have you, I but it's down. not a muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to think it was most, it's most muscle, but you never know. But, uh, you know, and so outside of that, I think I think the two best things I bring to any team uh and something I've had to kind of learn about myself in college is, yes, I can shoot. Yes, I, you know, I take charge. I think the two things are, I think I'm a high IQ dude, so I know where to be. You, like, you can expect me to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh. And then I think second is I'm just a really consistent person. I'm an everyday guy. Uh, You know what you're going to get out of me. Uh, And I hope that's something that, you know, the coaches can trust uh, and just know that I'm going to bring the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same focus every day. Um, And you can know exactly what you're going to get out of me. Uh, And so, yeah, I think I've bragged on myself enough for these past couple of minutes. So I'll pass it back to you. But I, I think that I can add to what this team's already doing and, I'm, just, I'm excited to be a part of what they have going on as well, though.
0: Yeah, I'm really fired up for it. Uh, obviously, just a short drive away to come watch you play. I don't have to go all the way to Tuscaloosa. I can go right down – Lakeshore uh, after work this upcoming season. I'm super fired up about that. Britton, let's talk about your current, uh, I guess, for, uh, now former teammates, uh, and some of whom are going all around the country. juan Gary is headed to Nebraska. Deshaun Holt's going back home to Georgia. Uh, JD Davison has announced his intentions to go to the NBA draft and I believe signed with an agent. And Javon Quinterly is undecided, although there's a lot of speculation on him coming back to alabama uh whether or not you can talk about the latest from javon quinterly talk about those guys and talk um also people alabama is going to bring in what are your expectations for alabama as someone who's pivotal in that program the last couple of years where do you see them uh in in this upcoming season
1: yeah i mean uh obvious statement here but a ton of turnover uh on this roster right now um and you mentioned a few of my teammates who have announced where they've committed Uh super excited for them. It's funny because I think like Juwan and juice, I don't think it was coordinated at all. They announced like 20 minutes apart though. And so I just kind of was scrolling through. and I saw like two commitments in one scroll. I was like, Oh man. Uh, but super excited for them. Uh, you know, Juwan was sending us videos. I, I didn't know where he was thinking about going, but he, he was sending us videos when he was on his Nebraska tour. I was like, man, he, he loves this place. So I'm, I'm really pumped for him. I think he's gonna do so well there, and I'm really excited to kind of uh, see what all he's accomplished over there. You know, able to accomplish over there, I'm, I think he'll he'll be a really good player for them. Uh, and then Juice has a chance to to return to his home state, man. Like, you know, I, it, it's been such a blessing for me to to be able to represent my home state, really, you know, including this next year these five years. Um, and it, yeah, I wear that with a lot of pride, and so I'm I'm so happy for him. He, he you know, we make fun of him because he is originally from Tacoma, Washington. So uh, we'll ask him where he's from. And depending on the day, he'll either say Tacoma or Atlanta. Uh, but it, I think at his heart, he is a Georgia boy. So uh pump for him to go home, uh, to be close to home, close to his family. Uh, obviously, he's not in Atlanta. It's in Athens. But even still, uh, and just had the opportunity to represent his home state. And, and then all the guys that have announced, you know, um, I believe – uh, is it just JD and uh, Shaq at the moment that have announced for their intentions to go pro? I believe it is, right? I believe so. And then a lot of questions
0: uh, almost yeah. daily on Twitter about JQ.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's speculation about a couple of the other guys, but so I'm not going to really speak on that, but, you know, super excited uh, for those guys, you know, I felt bad JD did catch a little bit of flack towards the end of the year. and But man, like, the dude's from a small town in Alabama is going to get to live out his lifelong dream of playing in the NBA. Like, how cool is that? How cool is that? And, and I'll tell you what, you know, uh, off the court, I love some J.D. Davison. That is, he is a humble, down-to-earth guy. I just love hanging out with him. Uh, I'm wishing for him to be nothing but just incredibly successful at the next level. Uh, and, you know, he is, he is so talented and, at so many different things. And, I'm I'm hoping he's able to develop into the player that we all know he can be and uh because he could be a really, really special player. And and so I love JD, I'm super happy for him and then Shaq, you know, I, I told him this uh right after he announced it. I was like, to be honest, like probably saw this coming a little bit, you know. Uh not that it was any other anything bad, but it's just like I kinda saw maybe this is the direction that this was gonna go since the season ended. Uh But just so happy for him as well. Uh, You know, want to talk about a guy that was a pro here from day one and the way he approached the game and approached off-court or on-the-court work outside of practice uh, and approached really all the little details. You know, Jaden Jackalbert is a pro. Um, And he's a guy that came in here. You know, he came in here for Oates' first season. And from day one, I was like, this kid, you know, because – What's so funny is he was the lowest rated recruit out of that class that we brought in, but it was so evident, you know, really from day one when he stepped on campus, like this kid's got a little something, he's got a little something to his game. And, uh, and you, you match that with how hard he has worked. I mean, there are very few people in the country that work as hard as as Shaq does. Uh, Really high character guy. Uh, Again, I'm so excited to see him. I mean, that's, these guys are getting to live out their lifelong dreams and something I will never get to experience. Uh, you know, I, I was able to say in this post committing to Sanford that this is my next and final chapter because, you know, so, so grateful and feel so blessed for what God has given me, but there are limitations to my game and I know that and I'm accepting of that. And I'm just so glad that, you know, my teammates, my brothers are getting the chance to to live out their lifelong dreams. And and I'm so hoping that they're going to get to be successful at the next level and make a lot of money. You know, Herb Jones about to make a lot of money on that next contract. So it's great to see. Um, and I'm excited to see where all my other teammates land. And and then for the new guys coming in, um, I know a few of the recruits. Um, I played against Mark Sears in high school. Uh, it's cool for him to be able to come home and represent this state and represent this program. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, just really excited for this program. I, I'm going to be following it so closely next year and uh, I'll definitely try to come to a few games. And, um, but yeah, it's funny because I I was thinking about it and I was like, man, if I were to walk into that locker room in the middle of July and just meet all the guys, I mean, I probably don't know that many of them very well. You know, I've I've met Brandon Miller. I've met all the recruits for the most part, um, or the commits, but, uh, I don't necessarily know them super well. So it'll be, awesome to see how they do next year I really have high hopes I think Noah's going to step Noah and Charles are really going to step into leadership roles there uh I really believe the sky's the limit for this program so um yeah we'll see I'll, I'll never stop being positive about my crimson tide and, and about what coach is going to do so I, I really believe that this next group has a chance to be really special
0: I agree. And I echo that sentiment. I want to talk about kind of where we're headed here. So two, so two more things we're going to talk about where we're headed and then we're going to close out with your, I told a couple Bucky stories. You're going to have to tell one of your uh, high school Bucky stories as well. But uh, we messaged Herb Jones on Instagram. He said he's all in for doing a podcast after the season. Britain kind of explain a little bit where we're headed with the Mean Streets podcast. Um, I've had so many people ask me, I'm like, well, I got to talk to Britain. I got to figure this out. Um, but it is off season. And so you don't need weekly content from us. We don't even have everything, uh, to talk to you every, every week in the college basketball off season. Uh, but we're, you know, kind of explain to our listeners where you see this headed.
1: Yeah. And and I believe this is kind of the joint vision we've kind of shared for this, um, in that, you know, we're kind of heading, you know, John Roxton says we sleep in May, uh, Hopefully we won't be sleeping all of May, but there's definitely going to be an element of, you know, we probably won't be in every single week podcast for the next few months just because, you know, there's no reason for it. Unless, you know, we might get a couple of feelers sent out there and to see how, what y'all would want us to do with this. Um, you know, if y'all want us to talk more NBA, I'm more than happy to do that. I don't know how much y'all want to hear my NBA takes, though. I don't think I really care that much about my I'm opinions. sure people would love to hear from Herb Jones, though. So hopefully
0: we can get – Oh, in. 100%. have still got a great relationship with him.
1: But I was gonna to lead to, you know, I think this will be a great opportunity this summer to have guys on to interview them, and it turn away from uh, what's going on in, you know, whether it be Stanford's program or Alabama's program, and more to an interview type of format. Uh, because to be honest, you know, stuff happens during the summer for sure, but like the weekend week out of it is just not nearly as interested, interesting as it is kind of when you get to the season, and and so this will be a great opportunity for us to have guys on that maybe I've played with or uh, interacted with at some level, or, you know, that we have connections to. And so I'm really excited for these next few months because it'll really add a different element and aspect to this podcast. And hopefully um, it'll keep y'all interested. So we're really excited about this. Um, you know, something that we're so excited about is with me going to Stanford, not to say that it wouldn't necessarily have happened otherwise, but we are going to have another season for sure of doing the mean Street and uh, you know just getting to do this for another year uh, I've had a blast doing it uh, and you know Galloway's the pro over here but I, I feel like I've, I've gotten a little bit better at it and it's been a lot more I've really, a lot I've really I've really brought me. you
0: out of your shell first very first one I told Steve and you were like uh um, yeah podcast yeah.
1: sure 100% and and it's funny like I I can barely listen to any of our podcasts because I hate listening to out of my voice but I remember listening to that first one and just like cringing so hard because I'm like, this is awful. Not from you, but from me. Like, this is really bad. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping that the products we're producing now is a little bit better for you guys. And uh, again, excited uh, to continue this journey with y'all. And, you know, hope we can retain y'all and and keep y'all interested. So... Yeah, and uh, if you exactly remember from much. the
0: uh, Hey Coach show, I guess it was back in February, maybe late January. Roger Hoover was asking Nate Oates about the podcast, and Nate said, "I've uh, got the clip somewhere." But he said, "Well, maybe I'll have to go on the podcast." So if you uh, give him enough grief over the summer, would love for him to to join us if he can. Uh, as as we're currently not in not an NIL or any type podcast, yeah. It's just you guys talking ball. And um, last time I talked to him, it was at the kitchen table at ATO and. Uh, Sam Perry was trying to convince him to run the Princeton
1: offense, so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you ever want to hear me just get roasted for about 25 minutes, uh, I think we should just have Coach Oates on because uh, he would love to to throw me some backhanded compliments and give me a hard time. You know, I love Coach Oates. I'll be a really fun guest. And, um, you know, again, we're still kind of figuring out exactly what we're going to do with it this summer, but I think it's the – opportunities and the options are really endless and it's exciting to kind of go from this format because you know something we decided is there are limitations on what we can do as far as interviews go while we are an nil podcast but we wanted to you know go away from that at least for a few months so we could have these opportunities to interview people and um you know because that's what y'all want to hear i mean i'd I'd love to hear herb jones's insight on who's the toughest player he's had to guard in year one and little stuff like that that intricacies of the game and um so yeah I'm, I'm excited I'm
0: fired up and before we close out Britton I told some stories so you got to tell some stories at least one of your uh, favorite Bucky McMillan stories from high school whether it be practice road trip whatever I'm sure you're going to make many more uh memories and stories this upcoming season but what's something that stands out uh, in your relationship with Bucky uh, maybe a story or something that people
1: should know You know, I'm trying to think, uh, first of all, one that would be uh, good content for this podcast and yet not uh, crossing a line here because, you know, uh, Coach is a passionate coach and he is one of the best I've ever seen at work. Uh, He pushed me in uh, some really good ways, especially my junior year. Um, I remember one thing that we did. uh, This is kind of funny. So uh, I'll give him a shout out. One of my really – one of my best friends, Hampson, played quarterback at Fairman these past four years. Uh, we, he wasn't exactly the strongest offensive player, and needless to say, I wasn't the strongest defensive player. So uh, William probably remembers this fall of my junior year as we're doing these, I mean, grinders of practices. I mean, we were grinding. Um, and after every practice, he'd have me play one-on-one full court with Hamp every day, except I never got to touch the ball. I didn't get to play offense. So I literally just had to play full court defense on him, who was a very fast guy. I am not – that is is not one of my strengths. And so that was – you know, I hated every second of that. It got me so much better as a player. Um, and then outside of that, you know, I, I guess I'll add another one. I, you know, first of all, you know, I, Coach Bucky's just a winner. Like, I, that's something that I'm so excited to be a, back, a part of. Not that Oates White is also a winner. Oates is about the most competitive dude I've ever met. but just Reuniting with my high school coach and, and knowing what he's about is so exciting. Um, but with Bucky, you know, so they won their first state championship in Mountain Burker when I was in seventh grade. Uh, and I, I watched so many games that season, so many. I looked up so much to the guys that were on those teams uh, just, you know, all the way through, uh, whether it be, you know, G-Man, Ben Shearer, like all those guys, I was, Jack Klein. I was like, these guys are studs. Um, so, by the time it was my turn to play varsity in 11th grade, well, I guess at the end of 10th grade, I played, like, scout team. For, I was a JV player. I played scout team for the first season. And then we had player meetings one-on-one with Bucky after the year. And I was so nervous. Like, I was so intimidated of him, honestly, even probably through the majority of my junior year. And I look back on that and kind of laugh because we have such a fantastic relationship now. Um, but he he kind of has this aura about him of, like, he's going to push you really hard and demand a lot of you. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, But my whole junior year, I think I told him this, I was, like, straight up pretty much intimidated of him. And then senior year, we got just super close. Uh, I like to think I was one of the leaders on that team. And, uh, you know, I kind of, at that point, figured out what to do. So I didn't get yelled at too much. That was good. But, you know, Coach Bucky's the best. I'm so excited uh, to read that with him and with you know, Coach Good, who uh, was the coach for me as well, and you know, I just have such a great relationship with both of them. You know, I, I I'm excited. Uh, I can keep going, but so I'm, I'm just really excited. So,
0: I will never forget the Spain Park game in Area Play. You'd gone stone cold as the new year turned. I guess from 2016 to 2017, and I don't think you'd hit a three in like four or five games. And we go to Spain Park. Wrong. And you hit six that game. You hit like three in a row on like three out of five possessions or something like that. Spain Park called timeout. We were up like 12. And there was a student section behind the bench, and Bucky turns and he just starts like jumping up and down, throwing his hands everywhere, and just going crazy on the court because he was like, my boy's back, (laughs) hitting shots. And, uh, yeah. that video is somewhere in the, in the depths of my phone, but I still, he was, it was like a six second clip. You're jumping up and down and people are, you know, BJ, BJ, BJ. And, um, it's probably, probably pretty similar when you announce you're going back to Sanford to play for him for one more year. Britain, <laughs> this is the Mean Streets podcast. I'm William Galloway. You're Britain Johnson. Go ahead and close us out as you always do. You've got the final word.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'll just kind of finish with this. I've, I've been so, uh, Honored. i felt you know just so humbled with the response uh that i've gotten in the last 24 hours um you know i'm certainly not i don't think deserving of all of it but i i just feel so fortunate to be surrounded by uh so many great people and friends and you know people that are just root on for my success like that that's pretty rare to have uh, a community like i've been fortunate enough to build and then uh to everyone who's supported me these last four years and and hopefully we'll continue to this next year. Like it, it means the world to me. Like I, I was blown away yesterday. You know, I, I thought there'd be a little bit of a response, but just to see uh, all the love and support I got and, and just to think back about all the love and support I've, I've been so fortunate to receive these last few years. Um, Man, I'm blessed. God is good. Uh, You know, he's so faithful and and I'm just so grateful for every step of this journey and uh, hopefully all, you know, continue this journey with me over this next year so I'm excited to be a Bulldog and, and grateful for each and every one of you.